Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fellas, welcome back to the channel. Sal Vetri here, and today we're going to be analyzing a mock draft that I did on Friday this past weekend, and I actually recorded it live, but the footage got all messed up, so we're just going to do a recap of what I was doing, and it's the second mock draft I've done after the rookies have entered the player pool for a lot of these mock drafts after the NFL draft. Did it with a lot of people over at Osmo, did it with some people in the industry as well that create some content, so uh, it was a pretty cool mock draft. It was nice to have an early draft with not just a computer. We've done the one with the subscribers, which was fun as well, but to see where some other people who are more experts, deeper diving into this stuff kind of fall, and really see what the strategy is. I have all already my thoughts on what early round strategies are and I'll have a video out really soon on that and that's pretty much to snag running backs like you need to snag at least one running back in your first two picks and in my opinion two and I'll talk about my strategy in this specific draft so with this draft it was hosted on sleeper.com a 12 team PPR draft so it wasn't a best ball it wasn't super flex not dynasty it's just a redraft format PPR 12 team a very standard league that many people will probably play in and what we got to do is pick our draft position now ideally I wouldn't have wanted to pick second I would have wanted to go somewhere around like 10 through 12 but all those spots were taken because I want to see what it's like on the turn in the first round. I've done a lot of drafts where I'm picking in the first three picks to understand that. I haven't done a ton in the back end, but those were all taken and I'd rather pick second than like sixth or seventh because I already know like middle rounds, like picking sixth, seventh or eighth kind of just suck this year in general. So I ended up choosing the second spot and I'll go through my picks. This was, I think, 15 uh, overall roster spots. We can go through them and I'll just, I'll describe what's going on in the draft itself as well. I'll slide through some of the other people's picks, really spots where I got sniped, spots where I thought uh, some people and players were going interesting. Maybe some players got reached on some people fell but to start it off I picked second pretty easy for me Saquon Barkley McCaffrey's the 1.1 he's in his own tier of his own at running back in my opinion and then Saquon Barkley is the 1.2 for me he's in his own almost tier of his own right there with Zeke and Dalvin Cook at the running back position now in terms of running backs so what ends up happening here uh, SV Vans DFS I think that taking Michael Thomas is a big mistake in my opinion there's not a lot of running back depth if you take a wide receiver early you better go and get running backs after that and that's exactly what he did but he got Melvin Gordon at 2-1 which in my opinion is a major reach and Chris Carson at 3-3 which is not a terrible pick overall, but there still were some other running backs on the board that I thought were more appealing, maybe even Leonard Fournette, but I'm not terribly concerned with Carson. But just in general of how this draft went, I think you could have gotten Aaron Jones, you could have gotten Chris Galvin here. You needed a running back, but there were Josh Jacobs was on the board, which is which is pretty crazy. So I took Saquon Barkley at the one two, and then it goes through and it was very straightforward. Julio Jones went off as the second receiver off the board and Hopkins went as well. It ended up making Devontae Adams fall to one ten. Uh, you can see Devontae Adams sell to Adam Pfeiffer, who was the commissioner of this, works for Awesome. You can check him out. He's going to write an article on this. Also, the link to this entire draft board, I'll put it in the description below. I also posted it on Twitter at DF, as you can see on the screen. Nick BDGE went with Derrick Henry there, which was interesting. He went back on the turn with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, which you can see behind my head. I actually thought this pick was nice. I would have rather had Miles Sanders. I would have rather have Josh Jacobs before the draft, but no longer do I want that with Lynn Bowden being touted as a, a pass catching running back. They obviously signed Jalen Rashard to the two year seven million dollar deal. So I did think that right here at the one of Levin in a PPR format, I probably would have went Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb. I thought I am legend did a great job picking up these two backs. I have them both right now as top eight running backs for me. I believe I have Mixon at six. I believe I have Chubb at either seven, uh, Chubb at eight. I think I have Henry at seven. So I would run Henry ahead of Chubb for sure. Probably would have got to Mixon. Probably would have got to Sanders there, but I think these are good starts. Like back to back running backs is a my opinion a sharp way to go so nick i am legend i think those are good starts uh share it i think that's a good start this is a really good start with zeke and, and jacobs for jacob ceiling camara and aaron jones although i'm not too high on aaron jones and then i came back around to me and i took Kenyon drake and i was pretty much going to take the best available running back left on the board and i think there was two clear and obvious best available running available running backs left and it was Kenyon drake and eckler i was hoping somehow eckler would drop to me back around at the three two didn't end up happening kind of got sniped there but was to be expected um so Kenyon drake i got at the 211 i do prefer him over eckler right now a little bit of concerns with eckler 
Panthers overall role. I know they paid him, but they didn't pay him big money. Melvin Gordon's gone. That's great. But they drafted Joshua Kelly, still have Justin Jackson. They don't plan on using Eckler as a 20 touch guy. I think if you get 15 touches a game out of Eckler, that's fantastic. But I think Kenyon Drake has the upside in that offense to do a little bit better. There's still a lot of question marks. No Philip Rivers in Los Angeles anymore. That's going to be a big knock for a guy like Eckler. Philip Rivers was a check down king. If Tyrod Taylor starts a good amount of the games as they're expecting over Herbert, a little bit more of a mobile quarterback might lead to less checkdowns. Ended up going with Kenyon Drake. We saw that connection work last year, even with Kyler Murray. He was fine checking it down to Kenyon Drake. He was a top five running back in terms of rushing yards, overall opportunities over the last five games of the season. So I went with Drake. I got my two running backs early. And my third pick, I don't want to say I regret it because I actually don't. I do like going three running backs early. Yes, you want to get a stud receiver, but there's so many receivers, not only from the rookies, obviously, that a lot of them will be unproven and really tough to judge, especially if there's no camps, but just in general, like you have Todd Gurley on the board at three, two, you have some of these other running backs. I do think Todd Gurley is well above a tier ahead of Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette. I thought Todd Gurley was by far the best running back left on the board. I have him right ahead of Aaron Jones, who's my RB 15. Melvin Gordon went very early. Melvin Gordon's like my RB 20, but Carson and Fournette, they're right around like Fournette's like 17 for me. Carson's like 19 or 21, somewhere in that range. But Todd Gurley, look, they didn't draft the running back. They said that they wanted to have competition in this backfield. Then they don't draft the running back. They re-signed Brian Hill. He's complete dust. So there's nobody in this backfield on a one-year deal for Todd Gurley. If his knees are 70% of what they are, I'm going to be fine with him as my third overall pick, my third running back, and my flex option each week. The way that I looked at it was, yes, there was good wide receivers left on the board, but it was like Kenny Galladay's, right? It was like borderline top 10 wide receivers, in my opinion. Keenan Allen, who I have no interest in. Two wide receivers that I thought were interesting that end up going really later on that I probably did... uh, miss on, but I just missed on. The turn comes back around. So you can see the third round goes, I get my three running backs early. I actually don't mind this strategy. I think I was the only one to go three running backs in a row. So I thought Todd Gurley was the best running back left on the board. You can see the swing comes around Mike Evans. I just get sniped on. I might've gone to Mike Evans there. But then I go Todd Gurley. I pretty much choose Todd Gurley over these running backs. And the big one was Kenny Galladay, who I have as a top 10 wide receiver right now. Probably could have went there, but I'm just not as secure with my hopes for Kenny Galladay as a wide receiver one, as I am for Todd Gurley as an RB2. And then I get to put him as my RB3 or flex spot. So I think that's really good. It also adds up to having a lot of trade leverage, which maybe not something you think about right now, but I just like getting the three running backs out of the way early and I can just pile on wide receivers and tight ends as we go down. And now you see the draft keeps going on. Uh, okay. I stand corrected. Jared had actually took a running back Mark Ingram at 3.8. He's kind of a fade for me right now. Um, you see Cooper cup going to Adam Pfeiffer. DJ Moore is a really good pick at 311 for Nick. I do like that. AJ Brown, Allen Robinson on the turn. Allen Robinson is your wide receiver too, is elite. He's a borderline top 10 wide receiver. In my opinion, you see Nick goes to Jonathan Taylor there maybe a little bit early, but I don't really know what the value is in ADP right now, especially in these types of leagues, what people are going to take. So look, he's, he's pretty much the, the upgrade by a large margin to Marlon Mack in that offense. One of the best interior runners we've ever seen in college. And now that interior runner is going behind Quentin Nelson, the best interior guard in the NFL the last two years. So not bad by any means. So you can start to see Calvin Ridley at four or five is such a good pick. This is like the Chris Goblin of last year. I'm hoping he doesn't become like a third round pick before the season starts like Goblin did this last year. And I hope he almost falls to like the fifth round. As of right now, I get Steph Diggs at 411, but I'm looking at Juju and I'm looking at Odell. And there's three people before me and I'm just saying, don't take Juju, don't take Odell. And then I had Diggs as my third option at receiver because I need a receiver now. Uh, Odell goes off the board at 4.8 great value. Juju goes off the board at four, nine, even better value. So this start right here is looking good. Dalvin Cook, Goblin, Fournette, and Juju. I think that's a really solid start. I think Kamara Jones, Kenny Galladay, and Odell is also a solid start, but there's a lot more risk there. Aaron Jones regression and AJ Dillon back there at the goal line. Odell's having some shaky years, but good value where you got him. Is Kenny Galladay a true number one? This will be the prove it year. And then Kamara at one five, we know in PPR formats is just going to be fantastic if he does anything in the end zone. So I got Steph Diggs at 411. Um, I ended up taking Steph Diggs over like Robert Woods, over T.Y. 
and I, I ended up liking it. I like Steph Diggs a lot more than everybody else. I think he actually has like top eight wide receiver upside. I have him ranked right now in my mid-teens. This is probably the first pick that I actually regretted was Cortland Sutton here. I'm out of the camp that he absolutely got crushed by the draft. Obviously, they draft two wide receivers and a tight end, so there's a lot more mouths out there. But the, the Jerry Judy plus KJ Hamler pick is very odd because they both play the slot. So I think they're going to impact each other more so than impacting Sutton. And I think one of those guys in the slot over Deshaun Hamilton like last year actually just takes less attention off of Sutton. So I don't think it hurts him all that much. My bigger concern is just Drew Locke in general. Like, is Drew Locke good? We saw the last five games of last year. He just absolutely sucked. So if Drew Locke is not good, that hurts Sutton. So picking Sutton right here might've been tough. I would have taken TY, but he ends up getting sniped. I would have taken Robert Woods, but he ends up getting sniped. Sutton right here. If I start to look at the other receivers though, like I'd rather have Sutton over Shark right now. It's a toss up. I'd rather have him over McLaurin. Debo, it starts to get close. So these guys right here are really what's going to be tough for me in drafts. As of right now, deciding between Sutton, Shark, McLaurin, and Debo. If I could do it over, I'd probably choose Shark, believe it or not. So we start to scroll down a little bit more. So you can see this is now in the fifth round. They start to go through. Any other values that stand out to you? I'll try and point any out. No real values. I mean, Devontae Parker is a wide receiver one last year for Nick in the fifth round. If he can continue to do that, that looks fantastic. David Montgomery at the 6-1. I'm just going to pass on David Montgomery in general. DK at the 6-2 is a steal. Um, if if, if, I, if I, like, I'm on the turn right here, I'm looking at DK right around this spot. That looks really good. Uh, a pick by Nick, Michael Gallup would have looked a lot better for for Ryback at awesome if that obviously they don't draft CD Lamb. I'm not as high on Michael Gallup now. Marlon Mack as 6'6 is just an absolute uh, awful pick, in my opinion. Uh, maybe not too terrible, but look, this is a guy who is potentially going to be the backup a couple weeks into the season, and at the very best, going to play like 40% of the snaps. Like, Naeem Himes is going to play 10 to 20%, and then you're going to have Jonathan Taylor, second-round pick, who they trade up for, going to play a ton as well. So I to see tight ends going off the board a little bit. So if you just look at the strategy, running backs went off the board really early, then look at all these receivers. The bluish receivers right here in the third and fourth round, and then it was kind of a hodgepodge in the sixth round. I end up going Will Fuller. I'm fine with that. I prefer Fuller over Marquise Brown for sure. I prefer him over Edelman. Keyshawn Vaughn goes a little bit earlier than I would expect, in my opinion, not to be trained. I think that's a little early, but the upside is definitely there. And then we go back around. So my seventh pick, so the seventh pick starts off and you can see the quarterbacks start coming off the board. So start to take notes. This is what's happening early. Running backs early in the first two to three rounds, then rounds three and a half to like four and a half to five is wide receivers. And it's a hodgepodge for about a round. And then quarterbacks, so look at this run, four quarterbacks in five picks. I take Dak. I know Kyler Murray was on the board. I much prefer Dak to Russell Wilson for sure. Uh, but I have right now Dak as my wide receiver or my quarterback three and Murray as my quarterback four. So I just basically went off the rankings there. You can see even more. So four, another quarterback goes off the board in Josh Allen. Back to back, some tight ends picked. I think Tyler Higby is a good pick. I'm not really big on Austin Hooper. I don't like that. He was a top five tight end when he was healthy last year. And even not being healthy, 13 games, he still finished like top six in every category. But he's in a different offense now. The Falcons threw the most times in the league last year out of anybody. Now he's going to a much shakier offense, although a little bit more stable with offensive line play. Aaron Rodgers there. I'm not choosing that. I'd rather just wait a ton. Like you could have gotten Matt Ryan later. So into the eighth round now, Kareem Hunt's a solid pick. Raheem Mostart, not really big on him. Uh, Hunter Henry, I'm just going to be passing on Hunter Henry when I can. Like I'd rather have Gronk. I'd rather have my next pick, which you're about to see. Henry's just a tough spot to predict with Tyrod Taylor there. Like the quarterback play is completely different. Talented player, but does it benefit him or not? We kind of saw the ceiling at points of Henry last year. Does it get better? I don't know if that's the case with Tyrod. Ronald Jones, I wouldn't have taken at 8-7. So these running backs are a little bit skeptical. Singletary for Drew Edwards, Singletary, Breida, and Ronald Jones. A little bit sketchy in my opinion. Carry on at 8-8. Very sketchy. Don't want that. Gronk goes off the board. And I, I wanted a tight end in this round. And I didn't want Gronk. So I was happy he went off the board. I very much wanted Hayden Hurst. I got him at 8-11 going into an offense that once again sustained, even though he only played 13 games, Austin Hooper as a top five tight end last year after missing three games. Absolutely insane. So going down again, we're heading into the ninth round now. So the ninth round, you see Sammy Watkins go off the board. I take Crowder, PPR monster, Rashad Perriman, Denzel Mims out there on the outside. We know that Sam Darnold loves throwing into the slot. We know Adam Gaze loves throwing into the slot. Crowder's more of a PPR type of guy. If this was best ball, probably wouldn't have taken him, but it's a PPR format where 
if I need my wide receiver at this point, my wide receiver four, so not really relying on him too much, but if I need a guy to go out there and get me 10 points in a week and with the upside of getting 15, if he falls into the end zone, that's Crowder. His floor is like five catches, four catches for like 50 yards. So you feel pretty good about that. This comes back around now. So it goes all the way around Henderson at nine, eight. It's okay. Swift at nine, nine, I think it's a good pick. Rieger at nine, 10 is, is fine. Deontay Johnson. I really like at nine, 11. So a lot of upside in the Deontay Johnson, Higby, Metcalf. Um, so a lot of upside in Nick BDG's draft here. I do like that for a lot of second year players or guys who broke out last year with more upside. Uh, DK Metcalf falls into that. Tyler Higby breakout last year. Devante, obviously the rookies. Um, Deontay Johnson falls into that special teams guy who was good on special teams and the wide receiver position without Big Ben last year. No fine goes. Matt Ryan getting late. Not bad. Uh, Zach Moss. I like. So if you saw my latest video, must have running backs. Tariq Cohen's going in like the 10th to 12th rounds. I like him a lot. He was third in the league last year in running back receptions, top five in targets. Obviously, he's not going to be the workhorse, but he doesn't have to be if he's going to get you in. You would assume the offense has improved this year. He's going to be somewhat decent for you. You get him in the 10th round as your RB5 for this guy. So that's not bad at all. Five straight running backs taken here. You can see this. Uh, very interesting by Rypak. He doesn't take it. He doesn't take a running back early, and then he gets screwed because his best running back that he probably took is honestly Darius Geis, and that's absolutely terrifying. So again, take running backs early. Right now, in my opinion, the number one draft strategy is taking two running backs early. Like if you're in the first round, even if you are at pick like five and the top four running backs are off the board, I'm taking Joe Mixon. Uh, or, or, or somebody like that, right? If these top five running backs go off the board, McCaffrey, Saquon, Dalvin Cook, Kamara, I don't know how Zeke fell to 1.8, but they five go off the board. And Michael Thomas and De- Devontae Adams are still left. Maybe I go with one of them. I think Devontae Adams right now is the wide receiver one, but I'm probably going Joe Mixon. That, that's just how much depth you need at running back compared to receiver. Like you could get, you can get DK Metcalf in the sixth round like Nick did here. And your running back equivalent in that round is Cam Akers, is Marlon Mack, guys who are in backfield by committees, Matt Breida, right? Whereas DK is very much in line to be the number one receiver. You can get, as we keep going down through this, Brandon Cooks, who potentially could be the number one receiver in Houston with a guy like Will Fuller in the seventh round where the running back equivalents in those rounds are James White or uh, Philip Lindsay, a it's back up right now. So not great. So definitely make sure to get your uh, running backs early. Finish out the last couple of rounds with some bench pieces. We get into the 10th round. I take Preston Williams. I think he has a lot of upside coming into the second year. I'd much prefer taking him over a guy like Henry Ruggs or Justin Jefferson, who I ended up getting in my next pick. But Preston Williams, I liked heading into the second year. Saw a lot of promise. I probably would have taken Darius Slay, but Slayton, but you can see he got picked a little bit earlier here. We get into the 11th round on the turn. I take Justin Jefferson, the first rookie receiver I end up going with. Henry Ruggs, I prefer Jefferson over him. I would have rather Jalen Rieger, but he already went off the board, I believe, to Nick. You can see some more quarterbacks going off the board. Now it's just really a hodgepodge of guys. Uh, nobody stands out of these guys. This is kind of a dead round, to be honest with you. Backup running backs, uh, wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes. Anthony Miller, CD Lamb, probably the most upside that was taken at the back end of the 11th round. Nikhil Harry's interesting, 12th round for a wide receiver one potentially on the outside. It's just a matter of what does uh, what does Stidham look like? Defense taken in the 12th round is a big bust. Michael Pittman, 12-5, not bad. Going down, I took Denzel Mims. I think he has the upside to be a wide receiver one in New York. So I have both their wide receivers right now. Maybe I don't like that too much, but I don't think it's terrible. I think the upside in Mims is there. So I go back-to-back rookie wide receivers. And you can see I took four straight rookies here. So I just wanted upside at this point. In my first five or six rounds, I want stability. A little bit of upside. My first three rounds, I just want stability with obviously good production, like the Saquon pick, uh, like the Kenyon Drake pick. But down here, I just want to take upside. So in round starting in round 10, Preston Williams broke out as a rookie and then he got hurt. I thought that's a lot of upside. Then I start taking a ton of rookies, Jefferson, Denzel Mims. I took Joshua Kelly, a backup running back at the point that he was at. The reason I take Joshua Kelly is look who's left on the board. I wanted Duke Johnson. I actually got sniped in the 13th round on Duke Johnson. You can see I took Joshua Kelly. I think Eckler is going to be the main back. He's a small back. He can get injured. If he does, Joshua Kelly's filling in. They drafted Joshua Kelly where they did to replace Justin Jackson. And even if not, Joshua Kelly can still see a decent sized workload. So I'm shooting for upside here, shooting for upside in Denzel Mims, who could be a wide receiver one. I'm shooting for Justin Jefferson, who 
very likely with Jalen Rieger, probably is going to lead the entire league in rookie uh, targets if he stays healthy. Brandon Ayuk's a first round wide receiver. I took him at my 14th pick. And then I just took Antonio Brown because he was left on the board and everything else was dust. Like I took Antonio Brown overtaking a kicker. I didn't draft a kicker or defense. It didn't make me. I never do that in my drafts either. I'll just pick one up last second and dump who I want to dump. But I just took Antonio Brown because if you hold him and he ends up coming back and he goes to the Packers or something, he's now a wide receiver, borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two, right? But these last few rounds are just loaded with upside. And that's what I think you should do. Don't just draft a rookie to draft one, draft one that you think has a, a, an opportunity to play. Joshua Kelly clearly does. Even if Eckler doesn't get hurt, I think Kelly can see 30% of the snaps, 35% of the snaps. That's value. Denzel Mims has an opportunity to start from day one. I think he will. Justin Jefferson definitely will start from day one. Preston Williams will be opposite a guy like Devontae Parker from day one. Brandon Ayuk, a first-round wide receiver, he's going to be behind Debo and George Kittle in the pecking order, but he'll be right up next there to take on opportunity in a really well-run offense. So these final few rounds, uh, that's my 15 picks. I feel really good about it. Going three running backs early allowed me to wait to pick my next running back. The issue for me was I took three running backs early. I didn't take another running back until Josh Kelly. So if I had to redo this draft, I probably end up going with not Sutton here and DJ Shark. And then I probably end up taking a running back where I took Jamison Crowder. So where I took Crowder, I might take a Dobbins. Um, Don't really want a Michelle. I probably would have taken a Swift something along those lines instead of taking Crowder here just to have a little bit more depth. But these running backs are all running back by committees at this point. Like the only one I really would have wanted was Tariq Cohen, but to take him at 9-2 is a complete reach and then he doesn't make it to 10-11. So I think Jordan Howard is somebody I could have taken here. This comes back around at Preston Williams. If I was to do this again, I probably would have taken somebody else at Crowder's spot and then Jordan Howard at my 10-11. He's going to be in a backfield committee with Matt Breida, but he always gets red zone work and the guy always just sucks up like 12 to 15 carries a game. But that's about it. I think the final rounds, there was some good value that went off the board. A lot of kickers and defenses. I just didn't want to pick one, but you can see how far you can wait. Like Drew Brees went at 13.3 in the 13th round, Stafford 13.5, Baker 13.9, Joe Burrow in the 14.9. Like these are really good quarterback options with upside late. Literally Drew Brees going this late, Stafford going this late. So if you don't want to take a quarterback, I ended up going with a top five quarterback, in my opinion, a top three quarterback in Dak Prescott here. If I wouldn't have gone Dak Prescott here and I wouldn't have just kept loading up and taking like a, a Brandon Cooks or a, a Darius Geis here, and I could have gotten another running back. Maybe that's something to look into. Like Carson Wentz went at 11-4. I would have probably taken like Carson Wentz at 10-11 or Matt Ryan if he was still there at 10-11, just something down here. So maybe another way to look at this next time is get my two or three running backs, then go two or three receivers, and then just get the other position that I haven't drafted yet. So if I go three running backs to the receivers, take a running back here. Here I could have gotten uh, James White. I could have gotten Darius Geis. I like both of their opportunities, Kareem Hunt. And then instead of having Dak Prescott, okay, that's fine. I end up having Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan. So say Carson Wentz plus Darius Geis, or I can have Dak Prescott plus Preston Williams. I kind of like having that running back depth a little bit more. That's where I'm at, 12 team PPR. It was a fun mock draft. I want to do some more of these, these expert leagues. Just want to bring you this recap. Unfortunately, the live stream got filtered down, but I think it's better to do it this way anyways. It takes a while to do these drafts. It took like an hour and a half. So instead of filtering all that down for you, just do a preview of my draft. I thought there were some really good drafts in here as well. I thought Greg, who was his first pick, had a pretty good draft. Sniping Duke Johnson for me in the 13th round was so painful. But thanks for tuning in. Hit the subscribe button before you go. You can follow me on Twitter at SalVetriDFS. Down below in the description, I'll leave a couple of things for you. Twitter, you can check out my Patreon, but there's also free rookie rankings if you want to sign up for those. And I'll leave an opt-in. I'm going to be releasing a draft guide shortly. Depending on when you're watching this, if it's later on, I'm doing this in early May. If you're watching this in beginning of June or later on into the summer, the draft guide will just be linked up down below. But if not, click that. You'll get an email to when the draft guide is released. Thanks for tuning into this one. This was a 12-team PPR league, 15 rounds. I had the second pick, ended up going three running backs, then three receivers. So interesting format. But the strategy right now is go running back early, then pile up on receivers. You can wait on QB as always. Mid-round tight ends look really good this year. Thanks for tuning into this video. My name is Sal. Smash the big old subscribe button before you leave, and I will see you in the next one.